Hello, it's great to have you join us today. The vision is for you to see Jesus and then be able to show him to someone. Please grab your Bible and notepad as we journey together in the revelation of Jesus Christ. You are greatly blessed, highly favored, deeply loved. As a quick refresher, for some time now we have been looking at the question or the subject of salvation, the fundamentals of salvation, specifically why a believer in Christ cannot lose his salvation in Christ. And uh, we've come a long way, but I'll just quickly go over what we did last class. Basically, we were seeing the concept of salvation which is God's substitutionary work, how God in Christ took the place of man in suffering, took the place of man in death, so that man can take his place in God. Let me go over that again. So God in Christ took our place in suffering and in death, and now as a result of that, we take his place that he had. Glory to Jesus. So basically, that is what we wrapped up on last class. And today, we would see another concept of salvation as used by the Holy Ghost in the epistles. And that is what we have been doing for some time. So let's come together with me to Titus chapter 3, verse 5. Titus chapter 3, verse 5. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So we see here something of interest, which is washing of regeneration through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the holy spirit we were saved glory to jesus you see that phrase washing of regeneration uh this is the only time it's used in the scriptures in the bible and it basically speaks of a one-time washing washing something that happens once and for all regeneration by the holy ghost that word regeneration in the greek is palingenesia, 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 which means to give life to a dead man, okay? And this is done by the Holy Spirit, as we have just read. Let's see another scripture, John chapter 3, verse 3 to 7. As we get to that, today we are considering the concept of salvation, which is regeneration, the concept of regeneration. Salvation is God regenerating man. Regeneration is eternal life. It is baptism into the spirit, as we will soon say. Genesis, uh, John chapter 3, from verse 3 to 7. Quickly, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? 
Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, Jesus explaining what he meant by born again now, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot see, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Okay, so to begin to look at this scripture, again, what are we considering? Salvation is regeneration by the Spirit of God, by the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Ghost. So from verse 5, we see verse 3, Jesus introduces the concept of being born again. Okay, born again. And uh, something interesting comes up in verse 5. While trying to expatiate on what he meant by born again, he goes on and said, Unless one is born of water and the spirit, it's interesting to note that again, and here, the word A and D, that conjunction, and here, is a Greek conjunction that is called Kai. Kai. Kai means, okay. It's basically a conjunction that is used to further explain something. Mm. So it's a conjunction, but beyond that, it is used to further explain what goes before. Hmm. What does that mean? So kahi is actually which is. The and here is not and. It is not saying that you must be born again, number one, then you'll be born of water, number two, then you'll be born of spirit. That is not what it's saying. And here is not... An addition and here is a conjunction which further explains okay which is that's the meaning of hand here so we can read it as unless one is born of water which is the spirit he cannot enter the kingdom of God you see it's interesting how some of these things come to light you no know, my pastor you no know, dr. Robert Damina would say you no know, the Bible is not an it's not a book of English. <laughs> okay? So, and here is not an English word. It is not an English word. And here is in the Greek. Okay? Kahi. And the Bible was originally, okay? The scriptures was was originally in Hebrew. It was uh, uh, written down. Everything that happened in Jesus' days happened in Hebrew. But it was written down in the Greek. That's why we have the New Testament. And further to that, many translators, through their you know, hard work, through their diligence, they've been able to translate this into several languages. Now, in the process of translation, the original intent, the original mood of what happened in what is recorded is often lost. At times, due to updates in the language, for instance, English language, for instance, has uh, undergone several updates. That is why you hear words like suffer, suffer not, okay, suffer uh, 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 the, the little children to come unto me, suffer then in the old English was allow, but right now, suffer them to come to me sounds like no, don't allow them to come to me. Now, that's what we are talking about. So, in, uh, English language, like many other languages, have been updated. It's a creation of man. It's been updated per time. And that is why it is good. It is good study practice. In fact, it is, it is non-negotiable to revisit the words in the original text. 
in the original language so that we can sit where they sat and understand and hear what they heard. That is very key. So Jesus here is saying, unless one is born of water, which is the spirit. So water here is not talking about some pool or some river. No, it's talking about, no, it's a symbol. Okay, it's a figure, it's a metaphor that Jesus is using here. And what is that supposed to mean? John chapter 7 verse 38 basically tells us what 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 water you no know, is a representation of talking of the spirit of god the, the the holy spirit okay john chapter 7 verse 38 to 39 jesus you no know, on the last day of this of, of the feast he cried out whosoever let him come unto me and i'll give, and i shall give him to drink and the water that i shall give him shall shall, shall be in him okay a river of living water out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water then the Holy Spirit quickly commented, No, this is speak of the Holy Ghost, which is not yet given because it was not yet glorified. So the Holy Ghost, no, the Spirit is the water. Water there is symbolic. It's a metaphor. Okay, it's a figure of a spiritual reality. Okay, so the water Jesus speaks of here is the Spirit, which means to be born again is the same thing as to be born of water, which is also the same thing as used by Jesus as to be born of the Spirit. These are not three things. Please take note of that. I cannot stress this enough. These are not three things. To be born again means to be born of water or to be born of the Spirit. One way to find you know, the explanation of uh, this Greek word, kahi, okay, which is a conjunction, like I said, is to look at the, the old context. The context usually follows the meaning of the word kai wherever it appears. So let us see the, the context here so that we can reinforce what we think kahi, this word A-N-D in English is actually saying. Let's go to verse 6. You can see that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So we, we begin to see that the writer begins to narrow down, begins to zoom in on the spirit that is to say the water in the preceding verse most assuredly i say to you unless one is born of water and the spirit which is the spirit he cannot enter the kingdom of god that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit it goes on in verse 7 let's see it properly do not matter what i said to you you must be born again the wind blows where it wishes so yeah is everyone that is born of the spirit so we see the emphasis Okay, born of water is born of the spirit. It's a symbolism. I believe uh, um, that takes care um, of any doubts where that is concerned. So, water here, like I said, is very symbolic. We can see in John chapter 7, verse 38 to 39, where Jesus uses water to illustrate the Holy Spirit. Again, that, that's very key. Water in some other place, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26 in, in the epistle is used is associated with the action of the word the action of the word of god the action like the washing of uh, 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 of water by the word of god okay so that that's very key it's water is symbolic of the holy ghost and it is symbolic of the action of the word just all that thought will be back there so to be born again means to be born of the spirit and this is by the word of God. 
okay how do you get born of the spirit how do you get born again it is by the word of god pause a little bit again let's see something more about john chapter 3 verse 3 more most assuredly i say to you unless one is born again again dear again is not an english word okay it's not english again there is is not referring to a second time like something happened before now it's going to happen again that is today's english again there okay is the word is the greek word anoten anoten means from above it means beginning it means anew so what, what what jesus was saying most assuredly i say to you unless one is born from above unless one is born anew unless one is born no afresh okay a new creature is born a new bath that is what it is talking about it is a bath like no other it's not saying a second bath no you have not had this bath before this is totally new this is something else okay and it, it it's not again as in english it is born from above born of god born of the spirit glory to jesus let's see ephesians chapter 2 let's push this a little bit further ephesians chapter 2 <clears throat> father we thank you ephesians chapter 2 even when we were dead in trespasses made us alive together with christ by grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly in christ jesus so we see here again he quickened us he made us alive together okay so the state of man before christ is seen in verse 1 of Ephesians chapter 2 and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins okay so the state of man before christ is dead in sins and trespasses okay but at salvation when christ comes in that is life okay that dead man comes to life again comes to life death here we note is spiritual death he's not talking about extinction okay a man could be dead yet he's walking yet he's singing yet he's dancing yes he's enjoying himself eating drinking okay but that here speaks to separation from god because god is life separation from life is dead spiritual deadness so the state of man before christ is spiritual deadness is dead hallelujah so ephesians 2 verse 1 to 6 tells us here that we were dead and then he made us alive this is what we are talking about. This is the new birth. This is the regeneration work, which is salvation. Okay, this is what it is meant by born again, or born of the water, or born of the spirit, or born of God. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So please take note of that. So we see again, if we were dead before Christ, and then the entrance of Christ, the entrance of life brought us to life, okay that means salvation again is the pure work of god with no human contribution we have stressed this over and over again because it is important for us to 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 come to a place of total conviction where this matter of salvation is concerned 
salvation is purely the work of God, not by the contribution of man. Glory to Jesus. So this life that God gives to a man that is dead, okay, is actually by the Holy Spirit entering that man, coming into that man. And this is what is called eternal life. You see John chapter 3 verse 16. This is the life that a man receives at the point of salvation. Eternal life. Okay, John chapter 3 verse 16, like I said. Let's see James chapter 1 verse 17 to 18. James 1 17 to 18. James 1 17 to 18. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of light, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will, he brought us forth. Oh, so we were bathed by the word of truth that we be that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So again, we were bathed by the word. Speaking of born of water. Like I told you, born of water is symbolic of uh, the Holy Ghost and also the action of the word, of the word of truth. So we're bathed by so. Hallelujah. First Peter chapter 1. I'll read verse 2 and 3. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in sanctification of the Spirit for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Okay, grace to you and peace be multiplied. Again, the sanctification of the Spirit. Okay, the sanctification of the Spirit. We see the Spirit at work in the regeneration of man. Verse 23, let's see verse 23. She's the major one I want us to concentrate on. Having been born again, that comes up again. Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Did we hear that? So again, we were born of incorruptible seed. That is what makes God God. The seed here is the Greek word sperma, which is synonymous to what the English call the sperm, the one that gives life. That cell that actually gives life. The sperm of God. The sperma of God. What makes God God is in you know, you and I. Okay, who are saved by our faith in Christ Jesus. We were made of incorruptible seed. Hallelujah. So the vehicle that God used to bath us is the word of truth, the word of God, which is God Himself. Let us see some some, some scriptures about that. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 15. Romans chapter 8, verse 15. Glory to Jesus. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Okay, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, ears of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may be glorified together. Again, we see Jesus. We saw that last class, you know, dying to bring many sons unto glory. So in Jesus, in Christ, we were created. Let's see 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Then from there, I'll call the other scriptures, then we move on real quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. 
old things have passed away behold all things have become new hallelujah so again this is a new bath this is being born anew this is something that has never existed before being bathed galatians chapter 4 verse 5 second corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 you can see more more, more details in that but i want us to read this part galatians chapter 2 verse 16 galatians chapter 2 verse 16 Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. You see, how did this new birth come about? Okay, how did it happen? Galatians chapter 2 verse 16. Okay, when the message of Christ was preached to you and I, the moment we opened our heart for the message to come in, to enter, faith entered. And that entrance of the word was our birth. That entrance of the word was our birth. Hallelujah. And this bath, again, I need to stress this, is not an experience. Okay, you don't necessarily get goosebumps or goose, goose, goose pimples or fall down or feel like you are in the third heavens. You don't necessarily have to feel any of that. It's not an experience. It's a knowing. That's why I read Galatians 2.16. Knowing. Knowing that a man is not justified. It's in knowing. That knowledge effect what Christ has done for you in your life. Once you receive the word, the Holy Ghost entered and brought you to life. Okay? And this is why your spirit, you that have believed in Christ Jesus, your spirit is the Holy Spirit. You don't have two spirits within you <laughs> because you are not a monster like my pastor will, will, will joke. Okay? You don't have two spirits within you. Your spirit is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is your spirit. Okay, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. John chapter 3 verse 6. Okay, he that is joined with the Lord is one spirit with him. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 17. So the Holy Spirit is your spirit. Your spirit is the Holy Spirit. It's the same. They are one. Hallelujah. So let's see Romans chapter 6 verse 4. Romans chapter 6 verse 4. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism unto death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so also we should walk in newness of life. You see, when we receive Jesus, when you receive Jesus, we were baptized into Christ. Okay? That salvation is not baptism in some water. I will stress this again. It is not baptism in some pool as in water baptism it is not soaking in a pool or any uh, uh, similar experiences okay again water is symbolic okay it's a metaphor it's a figure of a spiritual reality of the spiritual uh, reality that has occurred within you okay on your inside you are baptized into christ immersed not into a pool into christ 
okay, your identity ceases to function. And that is because you have taken on a new identity, which is Christ. A new identity that never existed, that never was. Okay? So, it's important to note, water baptism was a sign given to John the Baptist, okay, to identify the Christ, to proclaim the Christ, to announce the Christ, okay? Now, we know Christ. In fact, he lives in us and we in him. Hallelujah. That is why the early church discontinued that practice of dipping in water, soaking in water, that water baptism, so-called, okay, as they grew in the knowledge of the truth. It was all symbolic, okay, and for the purpose of John the Baptist's ministry, his prophetic ministry, to announce the Christ. No wonder Paul said at the point, while trying to address some of the dissensions in the Corinthian church, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 14 to 17. Paul said at the point, he said, no, uh, 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 thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius. So, the book of Acts detailed how the church grew in revelation knowledge. Okay? They picked up that, 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 that baggage from the ministry of John the Baptist, but as they grew in knowledge, realizing that this is a symbol of what has happened, of a spiritual reality that has occurred in us, they dropped it. They stopped it. That's why after a while, in the uh, uh, eyewitness account in the book of Acts, you don't see water baptism anymore. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. We have the reality. It has occurred. It has happened. You who believe in Christ Jesus, you are baptized into him. And come to think of it, it is good to, to put our mind to work on some matters like this. The spiritual, spiritual things cannot be regulated by, the material, by material things. What do you think would happen if someone gets born again in the desert? So because we don't really have a river, we don't really have rivers there, okay? The person has no access to, to a body of water. The person is not saved. No! It was a symbol given to John the Baptist. Now we do away with symbols in Christ. Why? Because Christ is the essence of the symbols. Christ is the essence of the figures. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. And I need to say this too. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is actually what happens at salvation as well. The Holy Ghost comes into a man and brings him back to life, brings him from the dead into life. Excuse me. So the baptism of the Holy Ghost is not a different experience. It is salvation. Salvation means to be baptized into, into Christ or to be baptized in, in, uh, in the Spirit. Glory to Jesus. The book of Acts, again, was an eyewitness account of what the writer saw. So, the writer uses the, the phrase, baptizing the Holy Ghost, to communicate whenever he saw someone, whenever he saw the believer speaking in tongues, whenever he saw the believer exercising their gifting in Christ Jesus, which is speaking in tongues. Glory to Jesus. So, we must note that, the book of Acts is a high witness account. The person saw them speak in tongues and then always refer to that as baptized in the Holy Ghost. They were baptized in the Holy Ghost. We don't have too much time to delve deep into that, but just, just hold that you know, at the back of your mind. That's not really what we are talking about today. So baptism in the Holy Ghost is salvation. 
that is what happens it is regeneration the regeneration coming back to life of the dead is only possible by the baptism of the holy ghost by the infusing of the man with the spirit of god hallelujah and this comes with the entrance of god's word god's word is the vehicle glory to jesus i believe it's all coming together for someone today i'm so excited so salvation we see is regeneration it means to be born of the spirit to be born of the water as jesus used that symbol okay to be baptized into christ or to be baptized in the spirit these are all different terms referring to the same thing people of god referring to the same thing bringing the dead into life by the spirit by the holy spirit let's begin to to wrap things up gradually romans chapter 6 verse 13 romans chapter 6 verse 13 hallelujah i'm so excited and do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin but present yourselves to god as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to god so we are alive from the dead ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 for we are his workmanship created in christ jesus for good works okay created in christ jesus unto good works which god prepared beforehand that we should walk in them so it's important to note here ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 is very interesting we are the handy work of god what does that mean okay uh, 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 uh god created us we read in uh first Corinthians 5 verse 17 we are a new creation how did god create us how did god create the new creation the new man Okay, God sourced raw materials in Christ Jesus. So we were created in Christ. Verse 10, Ephesians chapter 2. Created in Christ. The raw material that was used to create the new man was sourced in Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah. Such that, you no, know, it was simply God deciding to make children from Christ. To make many children out of Christ. Jesus was the prototype, the prototokus. The new man is made not out of dust but out of Christ. Please note that. I'll say that again. The new man, you and I, who have believed in Christ Jesus, in the message of his burial, his death, burial, and resurrection. We who have believed, we are made not out of dust, but out of Christ. That is instructive. And please note this again. Christ created in Christ unto good works. That is what verse 10 says were created in christ unto good works not that we are doing good works to be in christ this is important we were created in christ unto good works not that we do good works so that we can be in christ those are two different things but the latter is not what the bible is saying the bible says we are created in christ now we produce good works naturally because we were created in christ so it is not your good works. It is not my good works that created you know, me in Christ, that creates you in Christ. Hallelujah. What creates you in Christ again? Your faith in the word of God. What is the word of God? The message of the dead, burial, and resurrection of Christ Jesus. It's God himself. Hallelujah. Let's see Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24. 
and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. We see that again. We are created in righteousness and in true holiness. These are the raw material that were sourced out of Christ. Righteousness, true holiness. True holiness is what God has done in you and I. Whatever we can do, okay, even though we can call it holiness, it is false holiness. It is not true holiness. True holiness is what God alone has done in you and I. Glory to Jesus. That is true holiness. That is true holiness. That is why, you know, Paul was speaking Philippians chapter 3 verse 3. We put no confidence in the flesh. Wow. Our confidence is in that which Christ has finished. Now, because we put our confidence in that, we produce good works. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So the drive of the new man is after God. The new man may make mistake, but he doesn't sit there because he can never be comfortable there. Okay? He gets up. He's not okay. He's not alright with it because that is not his habitat. That is not his environment. Okay? Just like a pig in the mud. A pig in the mud is so happy, so full of life, so feeling so fulfilled, so joyous and cheerful. When a sheep gets in the mud, oh, bad experience for them. Why? Because that is not his habitat. He feels like he's in trouble. He cries out until he is brought out of the mud. That is who the new man is. The new man, the drive of the new man is after God. Okay, if a new man created in Christ, of course, false, no, fails in his actions. Let me put it that way. You see a new man, someone that is born again, someone that has put his faith in the message of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Okay, if you see that man fail in his action, it doesn't change the fact that he was created in Christ. It only means that he is acting besides himself. What the epistles call paralegismo. Okay? Pretending to be who you are not. He is pretending to be who he is not. Okay? I like to use this illustration. Imagine a man like yourself. You know, he, fall, you know, he gets on all fours and begins to eat grass in the jungle. Okay? That doesn't make him an animal. He is acting beside himself. He is a pretender. He is pretending to be what he is not. Hmm. If he continues doing that, of course, the consequences come knocking. Okay? The consequences come knocking. So he needs to come back to his senses and begin to act what he is, which is a man, a human. Glory to Jesus. So that is the case when you see you know, a new creature. So much concerns have been raised about uh, are, are we saying that we can just do this and do that? No, because actions have consequences. Because we want to live lives that give glory to our Father. We want to live life that are you no know, that is commensurate with our habitat, with our nature. We can never be comfortable doing evil. We do good. We are bound unto good works. We live lives of the highest moral standards available that you will ever find. Why? Naturally. Because it is our nature. We just live it out. Okay? Philippians chapter 2. No, he, he works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Wow. He works in us. Then after, verses after, it says, no, work out your, your salvation with fear and trembling. So you work out what he works in. Glory to Jesus. 
He didn't say work for your salvation. No. Work out what he has worked in. That's why we need to read the Bible properly in context to fully understand what is being communicated. Hallelujah. Work out what is being worked in. He works in you both to do, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Now you work it out. Glory to Jesus. You submit yourselves unto God. Hallelujah. So a man without Christ, we have established, is a dead man walking. He is not extinct, of course. Not yet. Okay, he is walking, eating, but he is dead, absent from life, from God, from eternal life. The life he is living is just human life. As a man like that, as a man just living the physical life, you need to receive Christ to have eternal life and be free from eternal damnation. No life until Christ comes in. No, John chapter 10 verse 10, it says, I have come to give you life and to make it more abundantly. Hallelujah. So let me close with this. Regeneration is not behavior modification. This has to be well said. Regeneration, salvation is not behavior modification. It is not some experience. It is the bath. What was the contribution of your baby, of a baby, to his bath? Glory to Jesus. Zero. It was not an experience for him. That was his origin. That's how he started. Glory to Jesus. It is more on the one that delivers. And in this case, God bathed us. We came to life. That is salvation. When the life of God is released onto a dead man, and that man comes alive, that's what we call born again. That's what we call born anew. Born from above. Born of the Spirit. Born of God. That's what Jesus referred to as born of the water. Hallelujah. Let's see 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. We are beginning to close. Glory to Jesus. 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5, verse 11. 1 John chapter 5, verse 11. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. Another version says, this is a record. This is the record. <laughs> it's a record that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. Wow. Glory to Jesus. It is on record that we have eternal life. What is eternal life again? Forever life. What is eternal life? A life that can't end, that cannot end. What is eternal life? A life that does not change, that cannot change. A life that cannot expire. Glory to Jesus. That is why we don't say heaven at last. We are already there. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 5 to 6. He has made us sit together with him in the heavenlies. No, he has made us sit in the heavenlies in Christ. Wow. We are in heaven. Heaven is in Christ, as we see in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. Okay, so where is Christ? Christ is in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ is in, is in me, is in you. So if Christ is in you and heaven is in Christ, where is heaven? Heaven is in you. Where are you? You are in heaven. Glory to Jesus. So the heaven that we are in right now is what guarantees that heaven at last. Where we get, you know, we change our bodies. We are, we are stripped of these mortal bodies and then we take on our new bodies, our immortal bodies. But first, it is heaven here. 
It is the heaven here that guarantees the heaven at last. Glory to Jesus. What a day. What a blessing this has been. What a blessing this has been. I want you to declare with me, oh, I am regenerated. You that you have put your faith in the death, the burial and resurrection of Christ Jesus. Say with me, oh, I am regenerated. Oh, I am the new man. I am the new creature. I, 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 I abound in good works because that is my nature. Oh, I abound in good works because that is my nature. Everything that makes God, God is in me. Ho, ho, ho. Hallelujah. I am joined with the Lord. I am one spirit with him. Father, we thank you. And if you have not yet come to that place, again, this is another opportunity for you. Don't let it pass you by. Don't let it pass you by. Wow. It is so simple. Simply put your faith in the message of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What do I mean? Believe that Jesus, God became man, and that was Jesus Christ. That was Christ. He became man so that he can die your death. Now, because he, he has died, no, because he was buried and because he was raised again, that was you in death, in burial, and in resurrection. Now you are new. You are a new creature. That is all it takes. He died that you may never experience death. He died that you may live eternally. Hallelujah. He died that you may have life and have it in abundance. Glory to Jesus. He died. He was forsaken so that God would always be with you. So that you can always carry God on your inside. Hallelujah. The Trinity, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost can only be explained within the confines of salvation. God is God. Now, God wanted to save man because the penalty for man's sin is death. Now, God loves man. God is the righteous judge. God must, 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 must allow man get punished. Now, God doesn't want to punish man. He is love. So what did God do? God became man. Hallelujah. God became man. Why? Because God would never die if he is God. So in order to be able to die, to pay for you and I, he had to become man. He, 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 he put himself in man, in the shape, in, in the form of a man. He died and that was Christ. That is the father and the son. Okay, he died so that he can save you and I. Now, after he concluded the work, he wanted to live in you and I eternally. And that's why he became spirit. He packaged himself. Everything that made him God, he packaged it. And that's the Holy Ghost. And then sent, sent himself to us. What a mystery. The mystery of godliness. Hallelujah. The mystery of godliness. God became a man. Ha! We saw him. Men saw him. He died. And now is the spirit at work in, in me and in you. Glory to Jesus. Give God praise. All you have to do is to believe this. Believe he did all this for you. And I'm telling you, you are saved. You live eternally. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to Jesus. I'm so excited. Give God praise. Give God praise. Give God praise. Hallelujah. It's been a pleasure having you join us on today's podcast. We hope you were blessed. If you have never at any time confessed your faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and would like to do this, please say these words after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for me. 
thank you for sending Jesus Christ to die on the cross for all my sins. You raised him from the dead and is alive today. By his sacrifice, I am forever forgiven, forever justified, and forever saved. Christ lives in me, and as he is, so am I in this world. Amen. Congratulations, you are now a member of God's family. He is now Father to you. We encourage you to grow daily by the knowledge of Christ. Until next time, remember you are greatly blessed, highly favored, deeply loved.